Hey there, welcome to the Agents of Revival podcast. If you're ready to be healed and take full accountability of your life by evolving into your best self, then this is the podcast for you. I am your host, Andrea Griffin Rogers, and I'll share with you winning steps as well as personal tips and anecdotes on how to go from brokenness to wholeness and from scattered pieces to inner peace. So come on in and join me on this healing journey and let's become whole together. Enjoy it. Hey guys, what's up? It's your girl here and I'm so glad that we are finally at the end of our series. And the reason why, because I know some of y'all are like, oh, don't worry, because there's more to come. I mean, God has just been like spitting the words to me, baby. So I'm like excited for the next series. That's why I'm like, ooh, thank God we done this one, because let's get into the next one, Lord. Come on now. And this series, I pray it bless you, because it, it's really blessed me. It really has. It's not personal. It's spiritual. I have found myself... Saying that from time and time again, I mean, just in random, regular conversations where I'll be talking about something and then out of nowhere, I would just say it and it'll be a reminder from the father for me to maybe in that moment, maybe I was taking something personal and then God would remind me, oh, wait a minute. Remember what you've been teaching? It's not personal. It's spiritual. And so I just say, oh, you know what? You're right. Let me, let me change my attitude about that. Let me change my thinking about that because it has nothing to do with me. And so it has blessed me. So I really do hope and pray it blessed you. Today's message, we are at part 20 and we are already, we've taken off guys. You know, if you've been following me for on this journey, I've been talking about the waiting room, the vision God gave me um, at the beginning of this series and how we were in an airport waiting room. And so I've used a lot of airports and plane references. And so we are going to finish with our reference points of airports and airplanes and whatnot. Again, these are practical approaches to spiritual things. So don't take it as literal. Dig deeper into the words I'm saying. Read between the lines, so to speak, and understand the spiritual context of it. And so today's message is first class dining. Ooh, you know you're going to eat good when you're a first class baby. You know you're going to drink good when you're a first class baby. You know you're going to rest good when you're in first class baby because everything is taken care of. Baby, when you're in first class, that means no looking back. That means getting your appetite ready for what you're about to receive and all that first class has to offer. Woo, baby. First class is the best class. Hello, somebody. <laughs> Before we get started, let's say a prayer, y'all, because I want to dig into this word. Spirit of the living God, we come to you right now. I just want to say thank you for allowing this opportunity for my brothers and my sisters to join me on this journey, this healing experience that we also need desperately in this world. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. May I be decreased in this moment so that you may be increased, Father. May your children who are called by your name receive a word from you. Though I am the vessel here that you are using, may they understand that the words that are coming out of my mouth are sent by you, Holy Spirit. Have your way. Saturate this place, Lord. Take away any fears, anxieties. Take away any nerves. Take away any discomfort that my brothers and my sisters may be going through. Take away any stress or fear or shame, guilt, condemnation. Because we know there's no condemnation in you, Father. Take away the worries and cares of today and tomorrow, God, so that they can just be still 
in this moment, knowing that you are God and that you are taking care of everything. Thank you, God. We give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. We keep none for ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So today's our last message and the first class dining experience. I want to talk about like how at this point you're now flying high. You're flying high in first class. That means you've already taken off. We talked about that uh, yesterday and harvested work. You've already taken off at this point. And so even though it's now your harvest season, there's work that has to be done. Just like when you're on an airplane, though the plane's about to take off and you're now gliding up to your altitude destination, excuse me, your altitude in order to get to your destination, <laughs> you have still work to do. There's work that the pilots and the... um and the flight attendants have to do and onward and onward. Like it's not just easy sailing. Even as a passenger, there's some work that you may have to do as well. Not just whatever work you chose to bring with you on the plane, but even as a, a able body in a seat on the plane, there's still responsibility that you have to make sure that if anything happens, you do your part so that everybody gets um, to safety. So, I wanted to break this down about like first class requirements, like what is going to be required as you are sailing, flying high to your new level, your next destination, your promised land, your next opportunity, whatever your thing is. I wanted to address that today. So I put together five key principles and we're going to break them down. Okay. All right. So the first one is first requirement is rest. You need to learn that in first class, rest is important. That's why first class, if you've ever noticed, if you've been on an airplane, if you haven't, go and Google it. And I pray that God will allow you to take a flight to somewhere one day to get out of your comfort zone, to get out of your area. But um, on an airplane in first class, first class is separated from all the other classes, business class and economy by like a sheet or a blanket. Um a curtain. <laughs> Sorry. Not a sheet of like a child. <laughs> Y'all bear with me. It's been a long season, long series so far. <laughs> anyway, um, a it's, it's blocked by a curtain. So you can't be disturbed or bothered <clears throat> by what's behind you or what's behind the curtain. It's like behind the veil. You're not worried about what's behind that veil. You're worried about what's in first class. And first class has limited seating. Why? Because as I talked about before, the workers are plenty. I mean, the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few, as we learned in Matthew. And so Jesus tells us to pray for the harvest because the workers are are few. And so same thing with first class. There's only limited seating there. So it's quiet. It's quiet. You, The people from the back cannot come into first class until it's time to exit the plane. So that is your private section. You even have your own private bathroom. Because again, it's all about exclusivity in first class. It's all about the the upper echelon of luxury and, and experience when it comes to first class. The the seats are wider. There's more space. There's more leg room. There's again, there's just more. There they, they even have food and free champagne and whatnot. I ain't gonna tell you how I know that, but anyway. <laughs> I lived in my day and time, child. I lived. But anywho, you know, First class has a whole lot to offer. And so when you're in first class, you need to learn how to rest. Being in first class is not the time to be stressing and worrying about who's behind you, 
who you left behind back at home, who didn't come with you, who didn't get on board with you, what friends you had to leave behind, what relationships you had to leave behind. It's not the time to focus on or stress about who's behind you. There's a reason why the plane flies forward and not backwards. Because when you're flying high, when you're going to your destination, you can't look back. You cannot be focused on what's behind you. You have got to stay gun-ho, centered, straightforward on your journey, on your path to your destination, to your promised land, to that promotion, to that next relationship, to that marriage, to um, that next business deal, whatever it is. You have to got to stay focused on that journey, even to your healing. Hello, somebody. We've graduated to complete full healing in the name of Jesus. So you got to stay focused on doing what you got to do to heal completely and not worry about what's behind you. Not worry about who you had to give up on the way towards your healing. Not worrying about um, who don't like you healing. Baby, let God handle your light work. Don't focus on them people. You stay focused on what you got to do for you. Because at the end of the day, when everybody dies, we die as individuals. When we are going to see Jesus, you see Jesus as an individual. And he asks you to give an account to your life, not everybody else's life. Give an account to your life. So you can't focus on everybody else who's not willing to go where you're going. You know the work you put in to get to this point. So you know that it's your ascension time. It's your healing time to be made whole and complete in Christ Jesus. It's your time to be free from the bondage of the shame and guilt and condemnation. It's your time to branch out into that business venture. It's your time to... Sign that big deal contract. It's your time to go from glory to glory. It's your time for whatever, even if it's to buy a new house or something. This is your season. This is your time. So you cannot focus on who you're going to leave behind. Sorry. If you weren't willing to put in that work like I was, I don't know what to tell you. I'm going to still pray for you because we're meant to do that. But I can't be dragged down by what's behind me. So if you ever notice, most people in first class are not looking backwards to peek behind the curtain to see what's going on. It's mainly the people that are in the back <laughs> that are trying to peek in first class to see what's going on. But the people in first class, they got the attitude and the appetite of, we we, we in here, okay? <laughs> we in VIP. We cool. We good. We don't have to worry about what's behind us. There's nothing to focus on behind us. We have our eyes shut forward to our destination, and that's all that's in our mind. And while we're on there and while we're trusting the pilot, the GPS, I talked about before, your God positioning shepherd, while we're trusting the pilot to take us, the captain, Capitone Jesus, <laughs> to take you to your destination, they have learned how to rest in first class. That's why the seats are more luxurious than they are in economy and business class. It's meant to to um help usher in a relaxing mood if you ever realize first class that section even when you walk in it's a lot more tranquil for some reason than it is in all the other classes because the flight attendants the pilots the staff the crew make sure that those key vip people in first class have everything that they need and want. Like, whatever they anticipate, it's it's given to them. They don't have to worry about anything. So, therefore, they can rest and enjoy first class. They can enjoy the, the, the beautiful, bountiful harvest that is in first class. You need to learn 
also with rest to sustain at a higher level. And that requires you resting in order to rejuvenate your body and boost your creative juices that only comes from the father. If you are still focusing and stressing and worrying, then you're not resting. Even if you're like, well, when I get to my destination, well, what's the plan? Rest. Knowing that you have to have a first class mentality, have a first class appetite. Actually, I think I might change this. Instead of it being first class dining, I think I'm going to change the first class appetite. You have got to have a first class appetite that says, I don't have to worry about nothing because anything that I need is taken care of, either by these flight attendants, by the people that are around me, or if not, then when I get to my destination, it will be provided for me. That's what you have to have a focus on. Don't look to the right or to the left. Stay focused on where you are. And that leads me actually to point number two. So the first point was rest. Our second point is focus. <laughs> You'll need to stay focused on your destination as you ascend. You cannot turn to the right or to the left. Not even looking behind you to check and see how things are going behind you on ground level. There's a reason why you're higher than the ground. You have a different perspective. You're flying to a destination. You're you're going from glory to glory. So you cannot focus on, as somebody before, an eagle and a chicken. You can't focus on what the chickens are doing on the ground level. You are an eagle, baby, flying high. The only time you should be looking down is to narrow on to your target at hand that you need to go take care of. Other than that, you stay focused. Do what you have to do for you. Stay focused on going forward. You cannot get deterred or detoured at this altitude. The plane very rarely has to turn back around. And you don't want that. You don't want God to cause your plane, to cause your trajectory to turn back around because you keep looking back. Because you keep saying, I forgot something. Whatever you have with you to take with you is what you need. If you need more, it'll be provided for you when you get to your destination. Stay focused on the journey ahead. As in all planes, those sitting behind you will eventually get to their destination. And they'll get off at their spot of choice at their predestined time. Now, yes, and in terms of talking on the plane, when it comes to all the different classes, everybody on that same plane is getting to their destination. Some of them have other destinations. So let's say if it's somebody that's flying from, uh, let's say, New York to LA, to California, from New York to California, they may have, uh, they may be going directly to California but that's not their end destination. Their end destination might be Hawaii. So they might be flying to California, but then to take another jet to get to Hawaii. So everybody that is behind you is on their own trajectory, on their own journey, at their own pace and time. They'll eventually get to their destination, which may be different than yours. This is another reason why you cannot look back behind you or, or try to go back and see you know, what you left behind. God is working on them. Let him do his work. They're going through the same process that I've talked about this entire season. They're going through that same process themselves. Everybody has to go through a wilderness and everybody has to go through a, a um, waiting room. For everything, there's a season and a time under every activity under heaven, as it says in Ecclesiastes 3. 
a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, and a time for war and a time for peace. Everybody's going to go through these stages. Everybody's going, going to find themselves in some point of time that this is talking about. So, you may be out of the waiting room and on your journey to your destination, walking to your promised land, but somebody else is entering into the waiting room and somebody else is entering into the wilderness. It's a cycle that never ends because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's nothing new under the sun. Yes, God can do a new thing and you have to pay attention to the new thing he's doing. That's the new thing he's doing in your life. That's the new season. So to speak. So you may have been in one season for a while and God did a work during in you during that season. But now it's time to elevate to the next season. And, you know, if you're at the wilderness season, actually, before we get to the wilderness season, it's more like an enslaved or bondage season first. That's the season where you are still in the world. You are still you know, not really, you know, saved. You're not living the life that Jesus called you to live. And so you're in an enslaved world where you are enslaved to money. You're enslaved to sex. You're enslaved to addiction. You're enslaved to drinking and you're enslaved to drugs. You're enslaved to um, lying or cheating. You're enslaved to sin, basically. Then there comes a point where you become saved and God works on you to break you out of that bondage and get you to the wilderness. Why does God not take you directly to your promised land? Because you're not ready yet. You're at a, what I call a milk stage of faith. Well, actually what Paul calls it in the Bible, a milk stage of faith. You can't consume meat yet. You're like a baby. You don't give a newborn a steak. It, it, first of all, their stomachs can't hold it and their mouth can't consume it because they don't have any teeth yet. They can't even chew their jaw to, to consume the steak. So you got to start at the milk stage faith first. Start that milk stage first. Then God takes you through the wilderness. That's a pruning process. It's a, it's a crushing experience. Sometimes it's really quick depending on how much you're willing to learn and move forward. But if you are fighting and complaining the wilderness stage, then God says, okay, I got to leave you a little longer until you're ready to let the work begin and, and let the work be done. He is the potter. We are the clay. He knows the plans he has for us, plans to prosper us and not to harm us, plans to give us a hope in the future. So if he's doing a working in us in the wilderness and hasn't taken us to the waiting room yet, it's a reason let the wilderness take its course. You'll eventually get to Midian. You'll eventually get to the, the, the entrance of your promised land. But you got to go through the process. Especially in the wilderness, you have to shed the past. You can't get to first class dining without experiencing the other classes first. First of all, because if you were to go from the enslaved stage of faith to your promised land, you wouldn't appreciate it. And you'll drop the ball. You'll miss the mark and have to start all over again. God never wants you to do that. 
So that's why he takes you on a slower route that even seems like a roundabout route to get to the promised land because he wants you to be able to sustain there and keep it, to steward it well. He wants to get the glory out of your life. But as long as you are not, or you're fighting against the process, then God says you'll be waiting. And I'm not talking about the waiting room. I'm talking about before you even get to the waiting room. Now, then the waiting room is you're ready to leave. It's it's like you're waiting for your flight. You're waiting for the plane to come in and take off. You're ready to leave. There's still a little bit more work that has to be done. Even though you've gotten and did the work thus far, but as you know, if you ever enter to an airport, you got to go through TSA. <clears throat> you got to go through checkpoints. Then you got to get to your terminal. Then you have to, um, if you're if they're boarding, you got to go through that process. If they're not boarding yet, then you got to find a seat and wait until the plane arrives. And then when the plane arrives, then it has to be emptied out. With all the bags, all the people, it has to be cleaned out. The staff has to change. It, th there's a whole bunch of work that still needs to be done. So not just with you, but with people around you that will help you get to your destination. This this is pivoting, but <laughs> anywho, let's get back to the, the points. Um, you know, God does what he does, child. So that was for somebody. So the first one was rest in first class. Second one was focus. The third one is discipline. You have to be disciplined with your focus. Again, you cannot look to the right or to the left. You cannot worry about what's going on behind you. You have to trust in and let God handle what's behind you. Let God handle the people that you had to leave behind. I know it hurt. It sucked that to leave them behind, but God had to still do a work in them. They may not have been ready to go to the promised land just yet. So God has to do and take them on their roundabout way. Again, like he did you, it's just that you're further along in the process. God has to work on them. So be disciplined enough to stay focused on what you have to do. Also with discipline, <clears throat> you'll need to learn what you need to know on a next level. So it's, it kind of comes with more study. You need to study what you're going to need to sustain you on the next level. Even though you're like, well, I've studied enough to this point. Yes, you have. But to sustain it and steward it to help you get through the next level to the next destination because when you get to the next level or your destination it's never meant for you to stay there there's more levels there's more layers to this god wants to take you from glory to glory higher and higher so your next stop is just a that's it it's a stop it's a it's a midway point it's not where you're going to end forever you're meant to stop there do something there. Learn what you can there. It's like the whole cycle sometimes almost starts all over again. Learn what you need to learn there. Do what you need to do there. And then move onward to the next destination. The fourth one is welcomed assistance. In first class, most people in first class don't have to do anything. Because the flight attendants will take care of every single need they have. The same goes for you in the practical sense. You or the spiritual sense, rather, you need to understand that where you're going, you're not going to be able to take care of everything on your own. The dream, the vision, the goal, the house, the marriage, the children, it's too big for you to do it by yourself. So God is going to send you helpers. You have to welcome that assistance, knowing that they're assigned to you, but also have discernment now. Be Use wisdom because not everybody that comes is assigned to help you. There will become there will come some people that, that are going to try to distract you or deter you from what you're doing. Stay focused, like Nehemiah. Recognize with discernment who's for you and who's against you on that level. 
and then welcome those who are for you. Giving them, which the next point, the last point, number five, trust. Giving them your trust that says, I know that God brought you here to help me steward this assignment, to help me um, facilitate this move, to help me um, raise these kids, be my village, to help me um, start this, you know, uh, start and launch this business, whatever, whatever your thing is to help me with my music career, whatever. God sends you the people and you have to trust them. I had to learn this myself, honestly. Even recently, I talked about this at the beginning of the um, season, where God had me go on a sabbatical and I had to realize as I'm in the waiting room that there were still a few more things that God had to work in me. And one of them was trust. I had to understand that the people that were coming to that were coming my way to help me at this point were assigned by God and I had to trust them. Trust that if I gave them an assignment, if I gave them part of what I needed done, that they were going to do it. I didn't have to step up and take on that extra work myself because it was already a lot of stuff I had on my plate to do anyway. So I had to trust that if they were coming to me and asking me what can they help me with or or telling me what they're talented in and this is what they can help me with, then I have to trust that if I gave it to them to work on, that they could work on it and they can handle it. I don't have to have my hands in it. I can trust that that they got it. You know, and so the same thing with you. There are going to be people that are assigned to help you at your next level, your next destination, whatever your their moment is, your promised land. Trust them. Not the wrong ones, but the right ones. Again, ask God. You might have to pray and then wait for God's response to give you discernment to know Who's for you and who's against you. Another thing that comes with trust, trust in the Lord. Don't stop trusting in God because you got to your destination. Continue trusting, continue praying, continue um, fasting, continue doing the things that you did to get to that level, to get to that point. Don't stop being thankful for God, thankful to God for what he's done for you. Just because you get there doesn't mean you arrive and you can forget God. Because what's going to happen is if you do that, God will put you right back on the potter's wheel and you'll find yourself going through the process all over again. You'll find yourself going back to square one. Whereas in order to get to the next level, you might have had to just stay at the waiting room. But if you forget God and don't trust God anymore at that next level, then God takes you back to the wilderness and starts you from there. So you don't want to go that far back. You want to be able to, on your next level, to just get to another waiting room, to get to another terminal uh, waiting waiting space for the next plane to arrive. So again, these are key points that I want you to remember as you are experiencing your first class appetite, your first class dining. Yes, you are flying high. You're on your new level. You're you're you know getting to your destination. But don't forget these key five things. Number one, rest. Two, focus. Three, discipline. Four, welcome assistance. And five, trust. I'm gonna say it again. So I said it too fast. And for those that might be taking notes, number one, rest. Number two, focus. Three, discipline. Four, welcomed assistance. And five, trust. You need these things to sustain at your destination, at your there spot to where God is taking you. There's going to be more things that you'll need to learn. And we'll probably discuss that in the next series and next episode. But until now, I pray that this message stirred your faith and gave you some things to think about, gave you some um, 
practical steps and solutions on and strategy on how to maintain and sustain at the next level that you are ascending to. I'm so happy for those that are ascending to the, the next level. That doesn't mean that it's only for people that are in the waiting room and going to their promised land. It could be for those that were in the wilderness and now are getting to the waiting room. How awesome is that? That you finally got to the waiting room. I get it. It's a long time coming. Baby, I get it. Be happy for the progress that you've made. Don't compare yourself to people who are ahead of you. They're there to lead the path. To show you that it's achievable and attainable. You just have to stay focused on being grateful and thankful for where you are. Applying these same steps to where you are. Rest, focus, discipline, welcome assistance, and trust. God will get you to your destination. God will get you to your there moment. God will get you to your promised land. Trust in the process. Don't give up. You'll get to the point where you'll be able to experience first class dining. First, you'll be able to experience all the perks of first class but get your appetite ready for what's about to happen in your life if you're in the wilderness because you're getting there if you're in the waiting room same thing get your appetite ready because you're about to get into your first class seat and enjoy the perks of being in first class again this can be applied to all different stages of faith that you may be at so don't feel like this message was only for those that were at the waiting room ready to ascend to their next level to get into the promised land like the israelites you might be at the beginning where the israelites started which is enslaved in egypt you might be in the wilderness you might be in midian the midway point before you get to canaan your promised land the midway point is the waiting room you might wherever you are you can still apply these principles to your journey and so may the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord God be gracious to you, show you his favor, and give you shalom, give you his peace. Remember, as we've had been saying all season, it's not personal, it's spiritual. I pray this series really did a good number on you, that it fell on good ground and produced good fruit in the earth and in your heart. Take care. God bless.